0: On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, the new Model 3, formerly codenamed Project Highland, has now officially launched in North America. Plus, new builds of Model S and Model X get a welcome improvement. Foundation Series Cybertrucks started getting delivered to regular non-Tesla employee customers and more. What's happening friends, I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joining you for episode 441 of Ride the Lightning. It is your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast, this one for January 14th, 2024. Well, I have to say, probably like many of you, I've been watching as many Cybertruck videos as I can possibly consume with my eyeballs since the launch. And a great new one this week that I watched, was called How to Get Fingerprints Off of the Cybertruck. It was a video by a gentleman named Colton. He runs the Out of Spec Detailing YouTube channel. He's a professional detailer in Colorado. And I have to say, it was great to see him, a professional detailer, scientifically test a bunch of different professional car detailing products and validate what I've been telling you for the past four years about the Cybertruck stainless steel. And that is, you know it by now, cause I've said it a lot. Good old Windex is the best and easiest way to get fingerprints off of the stainless steel. Here's a quick clip from Colton's video. Can't believe I'm saying it, but like Windex or a similar glass cleaner is pretty good. I would honestly say Windex was the best out of these two. And when he says these two right there, that's the two he narrowed down to by the end of the video after starting with a whole bunch more. In fact, Colton then did a second video that just pitted a bunch of household cleaners against each other, like Barkeeper's Friend, Stainless Steel Polish, etc. And guess what? Once again, the Windex came out of it the winner. See, my friends? Trust in your friendly neighborhood podcast host Ryan for all of your stainless steel fingerprint cleaning needs, at least when it comes to automobiles clad in stainless steel. But more seriously though, I did really enjoy watching that video and I was kind of on the edge of my seat going, is it gonna be Windex? Have I been wrong this whole time? Because I admit, when I owned my DeLorean, I owned that car in the 2000s, 1999 to 2012, And back then, detailing wasn't really a thing, at least not for anybody, but maybe like supercar owners. Detailing hadn't really been democratized yet. I I think that's fair to say. Maybe a professional detailer might argue with me on that, and I wouldn't argue back, certainly. But at least, I mean, I certainly, and nobody in the DeLorean community that I knew at that time, had any sort of knowledge or interest about, you know, detailing your car. But at least in a, in a truly professional way of like where you'd take it to somebody that would, that would really go uh, the extra mile for it. But anyway, um, my point here is that for all I know, there might have been something better to clean the fingerprints that's come along since I owned my DeLorean almost 12 years ago now. But nope, Windex is still all you need. So my advice for the Cybertruck as you all look forward to taking delivery of your Cybertrucks over the next year, two years. Carry a small bottle of Windex somewhere in the truck. There's plenty of places you can stash it along with a clean microfiber cloth and that's it. You'll be good to go. And I do wanna plug the video because it is worth watching. If you'd like to watch Colton's entire scientific progress, uh, excuse me, process would be a better way to say it, You can check out that video, just search out of spec detailing Cybertruck fingerprints on YouTube and I am sure that you will find it instantly. Next up this week, as I get warmed up, we'll get towards, we'll build towards the main story, which is of course the Highlands arrival here in North America. But first, good news if you plan to order a new Model S or Model X anytime soon, the horn is being restored to its proper place which is the center of the wheel or center of the yoke if you choose to order the yoke which is of course where the airbag is and where the horn is on basically every other modern car. This comes via a new report from our white hat hacker friend Green the Only. He was the one that first stumbled upon this or not stumbled upon, just uh, scientifically found this using his hacker skills and it has since been confirmed with an actual customer delivery of a new Model X and photographic proof that the horn is in the middle. But Green the only did his usual thing of digging into the latest Tesla code and finding among other I would say less notable things, this, Model S and X also get a new steering wheel and yokes with a mechanical horn. So as we all know by now, the Cybertruck has already fixed this, thankfully as does the new Model 3, the Highland. And it's a case where I think we'd all pretty well agree here. We can love Tesla. We can be enthusiastic about what they're doing. But they're, they're not perfect, right? They make mistakes just like we all do. And Tesla fixed what wasn't broken with the placement of the horn. And so I'm glad it's now being sorted out. Sorted out, I should say, though it's maybe a little bit of a bummer that it's taken this long, meaning over two and a half years since the new Model S and X were introduced. But hey, there's no point in me crying about what's in the past and what can't be changed. Although it actually can be changed because if you have one of those older new S's and X's, you can get a retrofit. It will cost you some money out of pocket, but you can do it. And the overall point I'm trying to make here is that. I am happy that this change is happening now. Speaking of this change, remember last summer when Tesla told S and X owners who had yokes with the cover material of the yoke that was peeling off that a new yoke with improved materials was coming soon. We had a couple of phone calls about this from listeners out there. I think Tesla had first been telling people July was when that new yoke would arrive and then it became September, and then it just never arrived, well, I would bet an In-N-Out Burger lunch, which is my, my prefer. in fact, I had that for lunch today, that this new yoke and wheel, with the horn in the middle, is probably incorporating those improved materials on the cover of it as well. So, if you've been driving around with a peeling yoke, waiting for that new and improved one, not only is it imminent, it's here, and you will be getting a horn that is relocated to a better, arguably safer place as well. If you've got to hit that horn in an emergency kind of situation, you're going to hit it a lot easier uh, with it being smack dab in the middle of the, the giant, you know, the, just the giant airbag bit in the middle rather than a little button on the right side of your wheel or yoke. So, good stuff there for new SNX buyers. More good news to start the podcast this week. The point of sale $7,500 tax credit that was due to take effect in 2024 has in fact taken effect. It is now active and the new 2024 Model Ys and 2024 Model X long range are the eligible vehicles in Tesla's lineup. It is up to you to confirm your eligibility though not Tesla. So in other words, if you take the credit at the point of sale and it turns out that you're not eligible, you will owe the IRS that $7,500 back. But as long as you're good, this is absolutely awesome news because it's $7,500 less that you have to finance as part of the purchase with today's high interest rates. So all good here. You love to see it. And if you're curious how this is going to work, you will see it clearly during the ordering process. There will be a, do you want to apply for the $7,500 credit box that'll pop up when you're going through the ordering process to which you simply click yes or no. And if you'd like to learn more about this, all you have to do is go to tesla.com and on the tesla.com homepage at the very top, There'll be a skyline banner that mentions this. Just click into that and then click the more info and you can get all the, all the sort of finer point bottom, bottom of the line details on that to uh, just make sure you're eligible, make sure that you're good to go on that. Next this week, still warming up, a couple of quick updates for those of you that are ordering the Foundation Series Cybertruck. VINs, vehicle identification numbers are going out to the first wave of non-employee regular customer orders for the dual motor. Cyber Beast is going to come a little bit later, mid to late 2024 is the current guidance on that. So if you were in that first wave of orders back in early December, you might want to check your Tesla account to see if you've got a VIN as of yet. In fact, the first deliveries of those trucks have now taken place as of me recording this. And by the time you hear this, more of those deliveries will have taken place. So it is happening. Awesome. This is, I mean, we've been waiting for this for so long now for four years. Part two of this is that for Foundation Series Cybertruck buyers, who don't end up eligible to get the PowerShare Home Backup Hardware Installation for whatever reason. And you'll know because you would have already filled out a survey about this after placing your order and putting in the $1,000 non-refundable order fee. So if if it turns out you are not eligible for that PowerShare Home Backup Hardware Installation that's part of the Foundation Series Package, you will get free supercharging as a make good on that. If you're ordering a dual motor truck, you'll get six months of free supercharging. If you're ordering a Cyber Beast, you will get one year of free supercharging. Again, only if you're deemed ineligible for the PowerShare home backup installation. That credit was worth $4,000, particularly on that Cyber Beast. So if I'm being honest, I'm not sure that's Quite a fair trade, as I think you'd probably have a hard time spending four thousand dollars on supercharging even in an entire calendar year. Although, heck, there was a time back in the day in 2018, in fact, that Tesla valued lifetime free supercharging at five thousand dollars, because as uh, as I mentioned, this was back in fall of 2018 not long after I got my Model 3 Performance that has free lifetime supercharging on it, what happened was Tesla dropped the price of the Performance Model 3 by quite a bit. I think it might've been $5,000. And a number of owners very vocally complained to Elon on Twitter about it, and Elon offered them a choice. So he did take action on this, and he said, okay, Well, you can keep your free lifetime supercharging because then I should add the other part of this is when they lowered the price, they removed free lifetime supercharging from any new performance Model 3 purchases. So it was really only the first two, three months of performance Model 3s that have free lifetime supercharging on them. So Elon offered a choice. Keep your free lifetime supercharging or... We'll take it back. Tesla will remove that from your car and you can get a $5,000 rebate on your car, $5,000 back. And as I guess all of you have probably figured out by now, since I've mentioned it a number of times, I kept the free lifetime supercharging, which I can admit now, years later, was a heart rather than a brain decision. Because in hindsight, What I should have done, the best path forward, and I'm sure some people did do this, and they are probably laughing all the way to the bank. What I should have done was taken the $5,000, had this free lifetime supercharging removed from my car, and taken that $5,000 and invested it directly into Tesla stock. Just bought $5,000 worth of Tesla stock in fall of 2018. And the people that did do that are probably very happy about it right now. I, I haven't actually done the math, but I am i know it's gotta be at least a 4X multiplier, if not quite a bit more than that. So anybody that did that, it, they made the right decision. Now, it's, it's still nice that I have a car with free lifetime supercharging on it, because there aren't many Model 3s that have that, but the, the actual probably best value <laughs> would've been to take the, uh, take the money. I, in fact, I, don't, I probably haven't used $5,000 worth of supercharging in the entire five and a half years I've owned the car. But anyway, not to get off on too far of a tangent. So that, that is the latest on what's going on with the Foundation Series Cybertrucks. Next up this week, yes, we're still in the appetizer portion of the show. After a four plus year absence factory tours are now available again, but only if you've referred at least two people to buy a Tesla, meaning at least two people have used your code and taken delivery of a car. Now, you've all already heard my rap on this when this first popped up, so I'll keep it brief. And my brief spiel here is that it's absolutely awesome that factory tours are a thing again, but to me, with all due respect to Tesla, it is really disappointing that the only people who are going to get to do these factory tours are folks that get not one, but two referrals. It costs 15,000 loot box points to get a tour in either Texas or California, Austin or Fremont and referrals are worth 10,000 loot box points. So you need two and you'll, if you take the tour, you'll have 5,000 points left over, but you do need two. And quite frankly, two referrals is a really tall order for most people. Now, I completely understand and respect the fact that there are literally, not a joke, not, no hyperbole, millions more Tesla owners now than when Tesla last did factory tours in 2019. But as I said on another recent show, sometime I think in the last few months, my constructive suggestion here would be to allocate some of the tour space each month, because I'm going to presume that they're doing these tours on a regular basis, allocate some of that tour space each month to winners of a free general limit one entry per person raffle that any Tesla owner can enter through the Tesla app. Now, Tesla's clear in here, and this was always the case, so this isn't new. They don't cover travel, so they're not going to pay for your flight and hotel to come do a factory tour. You've got to do that yourself. So you want, but if you're going to get yourself to Fremont or Austin, all right, so that's, that's on you. But if they were to offer a free raffle for any Tesla owner that would just be a lot more fair. I think now the just the fact that they're not covering travel will probably cut down on the number of interested people in a raffle by quite a lot, I would imagine. And what that would do is for the folks that would enter my proposed general raffle, it would give them a decent chance each drawing and then. How about if they are selected in that general, free, no referral needed raffle, then just make, sh- just have them be ineligible again to enter that raffle, uh, that tour raffle for another year, let's say. So to anybody at Tesla who's listening to this, I respectfully implore you to consider this idea, or perhaps you've got a better one, but I hope that, that, uh, some action is taken for anybody that can't or just doesn't get referrals, because, again, one referral isn't easy. Two is a lot tougher. And as I've said a million times, the Tesla factories are truly inspiring places, in my experience, and every Tesla owner, I think, should have a chance to see them. The tours should not be paywalled behind 15,000 loot box points. All right, before I get to the main course this week, the Highland in North America, I wanna say that I hope all of you who are kindly and generously backing me at that $10 per month tier or higher on my Patreon, enjoyed this week's lightning round mini episode, which was about the pros and cons of the new Highland Model 3 if you're considering upgrading from an old Model 3. As a reminder, Anytime anyone is kind enough to join the Patreon at that $10 per month tier or higher, you'll get access to all of the lightning round mini episodes. There are now 79 of them. Find out more at my Patreon page, which is found at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Don't forget that if you want to do an annual pledge, just support me for an entire year in one fell swoop you will get a 10% discount on that for being so kind as to pledge for an entire year. And don't forget as well that Patreon recently enabled free seven-day trials. So that is available for that most popular $10 per month tier. I've seen a number of folks signing up for those uh, free trials, which is awesome. So again, all of that, all the information, all the different tiers, all the different stacking perks and bonuses is found on my Patreon page at patreon.com/tesla podcast. This podcast is always free, and so it uh, it is able to continue thanks to your generosity by supporting me on Patreon, so I'll be humbled and grateful if you're kind enough to take a look at some point. All right, let's go to it here. Let's talk some Highland. Not too long ago, just a couple weeks back, one of my Tesla predictions for 2024 was that the new Model 3 Highland Refresh would see its first customer deliveries by the end of January. Well, it seems as though come the end of the year, when I tally up how I did, I'm gonna be awarding myself that point because it is happening. The new Model 3 is now available in North America with delivery estimates showing as January to February. So those deliveries are gonna start happening very Very soon. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me if the first deliveries happen by the time I go to record next week's podcast. So, the prices, if you're curious, are the same $39,000 for the base model, $46,000 for the long range dual motor, which is awesome, by the way. Glad the prices didn't go up despite the car being upgraded. Same deal with the lack of tax credit availability, though, which is certainly not as awesome. And the other thing that's not super awesome is that there is no performance Model 3 yet. Keyword yet there. If you're curious about the range on the new Highland, because it is a more aerodynamically efficient car than the outgoing Model 3, here's what we're looking at. The base Model 3, which will almost certainly continue to rock the LFP battery that can be charged to 100% every day. In fact, that'll be the recommendation is that you charge it up all the way every single day. The same 272 mile range for that base model. That's gonna be on the 18 inch wheels, which are referred to now, they're called the photon wheel design. And as you've probably already seen them at this point from the previous Highland launch in China and in Europe, they are a revised version of the aero wheels that the model three has had since the beginning, the range on the 19 inch wheels, which are now called the Nova wheels, which if you take a look at them, you can clearly see that they are an evolution of the sport wheels that again, the model three has had since day one. The range rating there is 248 miles on those 19-inch Nova wheels. So, if you are purchasing the base Model 3, my recommendation remains the same as it ever was. I must recommend against getting the 19-inch wheels if you're buying the base model. And the reason I say that is because you want all the range you can get on the lowest range Tesla. And in my humble opinion, now, of course it's your money. You can make any decision that you feel good about certainly, but you want all the range you can get on that base model three. And in my humble opinion, that range hit is just not, it's, you don't want to take a 24 mile range hit because that's almost 10% just for, what you may feel are nicer looking wheels or i guess maybe i shouldn't say I, don't know, I mean i can respectfully recommend it's again it's it's your decision at the end of the day i recognize that but definitely think carefully if you're purchasing a base model 3 and considering going with the larger wheels cuz it'll cost you more and you'll have less range on the car well how about the long range dual motor that one is now rated 341 miles of range on those 18-inch photon wheels and 305 miles of range on the 19-inch Novas. See, with the long range, you've got more range to play with there, right? So if you want to go with the 19s on that, you're still getting a 305-mile range car. You're you're sitting pretty in the range department there. Uh, Also, worth noting... Ultra red is here on the model three in the United States, in North America, and it costs the same $2,000 that multi-coat red always did, or at least has for a while. It has actually gone up and down in price over time on the model three. Same thing with stealth gray. That is now on the model three as well at no charge. It's the default quote unquote free color, meaning that multi-coat red, is now officially retired worldwide, as is Midnight Silver Metallic. Multicoat Red is not used at Giga Berlin, where they have Midnight Cherry Red. It's not used in Shanghai, where they have, of course, the Highland already exists, uh, and Multicoat Red over there. Actually, you know what? No, I've got to wait. I've got to backtrack on that. Because, oh, never mind. No, I'm good. I'm good because Ultra Red just rolled out on the Model Y too. Phew, okay. I, I, my notes were correct. I almost, I almost uh, uncorrected myself on the fly there. Anyway, so yes, multi-coat red, retired worldwide, and so is Midnight Silver Metallic as well. Both of those are now gone worldwide. You cannot get a new Tesla in either of those colors anywhere on planet Earth. So, can we pour one out for multi-coat red for just a second here. Uh, And I say that with the caveat that I am 100% on board with ultra red. It's way nicer than multi-coat red. You've heard me rave about it already. But multi-coat red was the signature color for Tesla for many years, not signature red. That was something else, of course, in the very, very early days. But multi-coat red was kind of the the color that Tesla would use to show off, well, usually the S and then the 3 when that arrived, uh, in terms of like their, their, well, not marketing, because they don't really do more, but, you know, in their product shots, that kind of stuff. I mean, Elon Musk at one point even acknowledged at some point, he he had mentioned that, I'm paraphrasing on uh, maybe a Twitter statement, but he said, yeah, like, multi-coat red's the best color that we have. And so... Uh, We're pouring one out for Multicoat Red. Fun fact, by the way, Multicoat Red was not available from the very beginning of the Model S. It was originally announced as Sunset Red, that was its original name, and it became available very early in the Model S's life, but not at the beginning. March of 2012 is where Sunset Red came into the picture. Uh, and so there was about a, maybe one to three month gap or so where Tesla didn't have a red because in the very beginning, the, the first thousand model S's you had signature red as an option to you, but that, that of course was always planned as a limited edition color. And so when, when the signature series concluded and Tesla moved to general production, there was a maybe one to three month window where there was no red before sunset red, which would come to be known as multicoat red, came in the picture. So, multicoat red had a great run 2012 to 2024, just shy, like two months shy of 12 years as a color on the Teslas. Midnight Silver Metallic, if you're curious, had a bit of a shorter life than that, but it's still been around a while. It was introduced in 2015 on the Model S, so yes, Midnight Silver Metallic did predate the 3 and the Y, but also it predated the Model X as well. Now, personally speaking, I can say, and I've been waiting for this day for a while, it's finally here. My car is now officially old. It took five and a half years to get to this point, which quite honestly is a heck of a lot longer than it takes with just about every other high volume production car from other automakers. Now, in my case, doing a Chrome delete on my 2018 helped make my car look like it could've been a 2023 model. In fact, the only way to really tell that my car is, uh, is, is not a 2023 model three is if you peek in the interior and you see that I have the original old style center console in it, that's the giveaway because I've got the zero G wheels on my car that don't date it because those are, you know, those were a referral program prize. They are like a limited edition thing. They're an official Tesla wheel, but they could go on any year model three. So yes, the, the center console was the dead giveaway in my car, but yes, my car is officially old. It's had a good run, but thankfully, I still love it. It has still been awesome, despite the fact that it's now officially the old Model 3. Uh, this week's Patreon poll tied into the Highland. I asked you this week, how interested are you in the Model 3 Highland? Not too big of a surprise here. 40% of you said, I'm not interested in the Model 3 Highland for whatever reason, because certainly you're probably buying a different Tesla, and that's totally okay. 22% of you, kind of on the same note, said, I've already switched to the Model Y, or I'm waiting for the Project Juniper Model Y refresh. And then 15% of you said, I'm somewhat interested in a Model 3 Highland, any trim, depending on the US pricing and tax credit eligibility. 10% of you said I'm strongly interested in buying a Model 3 Highland performance model. 9% of you, right behind, said I'm strongly interested in buying a Model 3 Highland dual motor long range. And just 3% of you said I'm strongly interested in buying a Model 3 Highland base model. So... Interesting results this week. Thank you to everybody who took the time to vote. A reminder that the Patreon poll goes up on my Patreon page found at patreon.com slash podcast. usually every Tuesday evening and the Patreon poll is free. You don't have to be backing me on Patreon to vote. Just head on over to my Patreon page each week and cast your vote. Next up this week... Tesla outpaces Volkswagen, Subaru, and BMW in 2023 U.S. market share. This story comes via Teslarati, who writes, Tesla gained a small portion of market share in the United States' overall vehicle sector and sold over 25% more vehicles in the country in 2023 compared to the year prior. Kelly Blue Book published its figures for vehicle sales per manufacturer for 2023. General Motors was still the best-selling car company in the United States, selling over 2.5 million vehicles for the year, a 14% increase from the year before. Tesla improved its sales figures by 25%, with 654,888 sales in the U.S. last year, improving from 2022's numbers of 522,000 plus. In 2022, those 522,000 plus were good enough for 3.8% of the overall U.S. automotive market, which eclipsed the share of automakers like BMW, Mazda, and Daimler that they had for the year as those companies reported two and a half, 2.1, and 2.5% growth res- or of the market share, respectively. In 2023, Tesla sales reached, and as car dealership guy noted on X, that you can't make this up, Tesla had in the United States in 2023, a 4.20 market share, 4.2% market share which was a 0.4% increase over the prior year. Due to the improvement, Tesla is now above Volkswagen and Subaru in the U.S., along with the three previously mentioned companies. Other notable changes on the list are a 33% increase in sales by Honda, which sold over 1.3 million cars in the U.S. this past year. In fact, Tesla was only outpaced in year over year change by Honda Volvo Rivian and lucid. Now the latter two there certainly started a lot lower. So they had, they were had an easier time of having a larger percentage change, but I still want to say good job to them uh, because we want growth from especially those EV companies. Now, on the subject of the 420 reference here, the 4.2 percent of the market, Elon Musk acknowledged this on X this week, jokingly responding to this fact with quote, "6.9 percent is the next milestone, obviously," which you know, hilariously, yes, that that would be the next that would be the next funny outcome, uh, and while. Certainly Tesla's probably unlikely to get to 6.9% of the US market share by this time next year, they will get there. Like that is inevitable. That is 1000% going to happen. And it will come at the expense of probably legacy automakers who are not embracing EVs, the Stellantis's and Mazdas of the world, in my humble opinion. But just think about that accomplishment for one second. I know this is one of those classic Ryan McCaffrey, zoom out to the 10,000 foot high view on this. Tesla has gone from making zero cars to having 4.2% of the entire American market share of passenger automobiles in just 15 years, a decade and a half, and they have made that much of a dent. With, by the way, I mean, it's obvious to all of us, but just again, in the interests of pointing out the obvious, 100% of those vehicles are fully electric because when, when Tesla started 15 years ago, 0% of the entire automotive market share in the US was electric, 0 Okay, or if it if it was anything higher than zero, it was probably literally 0.1%. I mean, it was effectively nothing, and Tesla has now managed to take 4.2% of the entire U.S. automotive market share, with all of those vehicles being electric. It is awesome. I mean, it's it is it's it's an amazing accomplishment, and Tesla is continuing to accomplish the amazing right in front of our eyes. I mean, I know I've said this before and I know maybe it sounds a bit dramatic, but it's also true. We are watching history unfold and we will be able to tell our grandkids that we remember the early days of it all. It's, it's gonna be a fun story time with the grandkids. You know, it, it's kind of a secondary bonus to me doing this podcast because the primary reason I do this is because I love doing it. I just love talking about Tesla and this is the way I've, I mean, this is kind of my, what I hope is my contribution to the Tesla community, right? That's that's my goal here. But a secondary bonus to doing Ride the Lightning is that it's kind of like a diary of that unfolding history that I write a new page in for everyone to look back on someday each week, each week I write a new page, right? And maybe that's, maybe that's, uh, giving myself a little too much credit, but you know, it's still true. It's kind of like a little Tesla time capsule here on this podcast. All right. Before I get to the final few news stories, I wanna stop and remind you about my friends at Accelerate Auto, and their Xcare extended warranty policy that you can get for your Tesla. You can get not just the regular extended warranty that'll cover basically everything from front to back, top to bottom, outside of the battery and drivetrain, but you can also get a battery and drivetrain policy, either added on to the, your, your general policy, or just by itself. If you just want to get the peace of mind on the battery and drivetrain, you can do that too. So a reminder that the policies are very customizable. So you're, you you do not have to just do what Tesla does, which is a two year, 25,000 mile extended warranty. You can get up to 125,000 miles, 125,000 more miles and up to 10 more years of coverage. If that sounds good, I've got a $100 discount code for your policy, and that discount code is Lightning. So if you wanna do that, head on over to accelerateauto.com Xcare, which is X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E-A-U-T-O.com slash X-C-A-R-E. Again, Lightning is the $100 off discount code. All right, back to the news here. Tesla has unveiled a new color change PPF wrap that you can get if you're interested. And the color is called satin abyss blue. So it's a satin finish, meaning it's not glossy. It's got that, you know, not matte look, but kind of, you know, what it you know what a satin look is. I'm not doing a good job of describing it, but you know the deal. Uh, It's not super shiny and reflective like regular paint is. And like some of Tesla's color change PPFs are. So uh, Satin Abyss Blue, which is, I would describe it, that is, you know, since this is an audio podcast, that's all I can do for you. I would describe it as kind of an ocean blue. It's definitely a lighter blue than the blue paint that Tesla offers now. And I have to say, at least in the renders on the Tesla shop website, I think it looks very nice. And as a bonus, the other official Tesla PPF color change wraps got price reductions. So this new one, Satin Abyss Blue, is $6,000. That's the just bottom line installed price. As are most of the rest of them now, Glacier Blue satin rose gold, forest green, and crimson red. All of those had been $8,000. They're now $6,000. The other three, which are satin stealth black, slip gray, and satin ceramic white, those were $7,500 and are now $5,700. Although, actually, wait, sorry, pardon me. Let me correct myself satin white ceramic had been $8,000, and that one has now been cut all the way to $5,700. So there you go. Good stuff on that. I guess my hypothesis here would be that not as many people were biting on these color change PPF wraps as Tesla expected. I mean, which to be honest is probably why it's only in California for now as a test market for this exact reason to test the market for it before it rolls out wider. So certainly glad to see these prices come down. Cheaper is always better uh, when it comes to these kinds of things, at least in terms of the price from Tesla. Cause you know, the, the quality is going to be the same. You know, I wouldn't, I guess I, yeah, I, I should walk that back. I wouldn't necessarily go to the cheapest detailer that I could find for car detailing work. I would want somebody that's, definitely going to be professional and, you know, Tesla in-house is, they're going to take good care of you, I'm sure. But based on what I know about professional detailing and also California prices on professional detailing, because I pay those prices, I honestly think these prices are, I mean, they're certainly at the very least a lot more reasonable than they had been at eight grand. Now I would still recommend that if you're interested in something like this, that you at least do some price comparison shopping at your local professional detailers. And if you're curious who those people might be, I would humbly suggest that you check with your local Tesla owners club to find out who they recommend. But it's certainly good that Tesla themselves is offering this as a nice turnkey in and out solution. So now that the prices have come down, hopefully this service is gonna roll out wider soon. Unless of course, Tesla wants to say, cut the prices on these even more. Nobody would certainly mind that. Uh, Next this week, I've got two more stories from you. I don't wanna end the podcast, at least the the news section here. I don't wanna end on bad news. So I'll do one more story after this, that's a little better, a little happier. This story isn't such good news. And it is that Giga Berlin just announced a temporary production halt that's gonna occur from January 29th to February 11th due to the conflict that is now uh, started up in the Red Sea that is affecting trade, it's affecting all kinds of stuff. Uh, Tesla Roddy has a little summary here, uh, which is, or actually, pardon me, they have a statement from Tesla, which says The armed conflicts in the Red Sea and the associated shifts in transport routes between Europe and Asia via the Cape of Good Hope are also having an impact on production in Berlin. The considerably longer transportation times are creating a gap in supply chains. So according to Reuters, notes Teslarati, Tesla joined companies like uh, Geely in China and Ikea in Sweden, who have openly talked about expected interruption and delivery delays due to the Red Sea attacks. Well, if you're curious, two weeks of Giga production, excuse me, Giga Berlin production, should be right about 10,000 Model Y that are not gonna get built now. Uh, at least not during these two weeks, as a result of this. Now, products are not as important as people, but for the sake of everyone and everything in that region of the world, here's hoping that those conflicts can and will be resolved swiftly and peacefully as well. Finally this week, Hertz. Has, been, has begun selling off some of its oldest Tesla rental inventory. It's through Hertz's Rent to Buy program, Rent the Number 2 Buy. And when I made my notes for this story this week, there were 2021 Model 3 Standard Range Pluses as low as $22,400. In fact, there was just one. $22,400 Model 3, at least that was popping up in whatever zip code was in there by default. That car will have probably sold by the time you hear this, but there were some others in there for 22.6. And if you're curious, all of them had mileage around 80,000, give or take a few thousand miles. Now, certainly it's a bit of a crapshoot in terms of how beaten up or not these cars might be. Rental cars, as we all certainly know, are are not known for people being gentle with them. And like I said back in early September after I, I had rented a Model 3 from Hertz to drive down to meet my family at the Jersey Shore while I was in New York, the Model 3, the base Model 3 that I had was in quite like surprisingly good condition despite the fact that it had over 20,000 miles on it. Now, after 80,000 miles, who knows right? that's that's a, a bit more of a coin toss. But the bottom line here is that this is another potential way to if you're if you don't have a Tesla yet and you'd like to get into a Tesla, this is one way to possibly get yourself out of a gas car and into a, lower maintenance car, Tesla's going to be a lower maintenance vehicle than a gasoline car for a pretty reasonable price. Now if you're interested, you can check out hertzcarsales.com and then click the rent to buy tab near the top of the page and you'll need to sort by make and just check Tesla obviously so that you're only seeing the Teslas. That is everything I've got for you in a very busy week of Tesla news, but stick with me. I will be right back with your phone calls coming up in the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this. Hi, this is Franz von Holtzhausen
1: and you're listening to Ride the Lightning with Ryan McCaffrey, the Tesla unofficial podcast.
0: It's time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline, your chance to call in and possibly be featured here on Ride the Lightning. If you would like to call in, if you've got a good Tesla question, comment, or discussion topic, you can call in in one of two easy ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many people each week as possible, and then email that file to me at my podcast email address, which is teslapodcast at gmail.com or you can take that same 90 second or less question and just call in and leave a message on the ride the lightning hotline the toll-free number that you can dial anytime is 1-888-989-8752 again that's one 888 989 T-S-L-A and if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday anniversary graduation or some other special occasion You can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they are special The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more Kicking us off is Gil from San Diego
1: Hey, Ryan, uh, Jill from San Diego. I hope this message finds you well. I uh, was listening to your latest uh, short uh, forum on Patreon and about the S and the X in the future. One thing you didn't mention was whether or not they would continue uh, somewhat lowering prices. I'm not sure how much lower they can go and keep it a premium car, but I'm just wondering if that's an option for them on the demand uh, uh, lever. So just something to think about. Uh, I'm probably, I am still I may actually still be getting a Model X in my near future, so uh, I'm hoping it sticks around for at least another year or so.
0: Thanks. Well, you're right, Gil. It is definitely something to think about. What we don't know is how far into their margin Tesla's willing to go on those two cars. But what we do know is that the prices are definitely not going to approach the 3 and the Y. I know that's saying the obvious, but... And I realize also there's a lot of room in there between where the S and X are now and where the three and the Y are now. I mean, it's roughly a twenty-five to thirty thousand dollar gap. Could S and X go down another five thousand dollars a piece? Probably. I mean, you got to look at their competitors as well, even if they're gas-powered competitors, and and the prices are kind of feel like they're in the right place right place now, but. I mean, imagine a $70,000 Model S, 400 miles of range, or an $85,000 Plaid Model S. That would be pretty nuts in terms of value proposition. And on the X side, $75,000 for the 5 seat Model X would certainly be nice, but, as long as the six seat and seven seat options on the X are expensive options, which they are, as as I know Gil, you no doubt know, cause uh, Gil and I have been talking, Gil's been considering a Model X. The seven seat option is an extra $3,500. The six seat option for the fancy second row seats on the mono posts is a $6,500 option. And now maybe buyers disagree with me and certainly their their vote counts way more than mine, but I think you've gotta do the six or seven seat X to really differentiate it from the S in terms of practicality and usability. But anyway, I mean, I guess if the long range X was 75,000, you could then add the seven seat option and still qualify for the now point of sale tax credit. Which would be pretty sweet, and a six-seat Plaid X, if it was ninety thousand dollars, it's uh, it's ninety-five thousand now, would certainly have a lot of appeal to a lot of people. I mean, I guess I'm using a five thousand dollars as a price reduction here because I, I don't know. I'm not sure that Tesla would have the stomach to go any lower than another five k lower than where they already are. And, and I doubt they would do it all at once at this point. They would probably maybe do it a little more gradually. I mean, we'll see. As I mentioned on last week's podcast, I think we need to see how Q1 and probably Q2 sales on the SNX go in order to figure out if that Q4 bump that SNX saw is sustainable. Gil, thanks as always for your call. I appreciate it. Next up is Kevin from Hamilton in Ontario.
2: This is Kevin from Hamilton, Ontario, and I recently had an incident where some people were going through our vehicle on our driveway at night, and I went back to look at my century mode recordings, and it didn't even trigger um, like a, an event. Um, didn't do any recording. My vehicle was reversed into my driveway, and I often find that it catches me putting garbage out or, you know, people leaving our house at night. But um, interestingly enough, these people that went through our other vehicle and tried to get into the, the Tesla Model 3 weren't able to uh, trigger an event for the vehicle to then log the footage. Uh, I was just curious if this is something that people have experienced, if there's any tips or tricks to make your sentry mode more sensitive or maybe um, a direction that you should be parking um, that would help trigger the sensor instead of just not getting any footage thanks ryan for all you do appreciate the podcast looking forward to the
0: response kevin thanks for your call and i'm sorry that this happened to you hopefully the thieves didn't get anything of value at least I mean, my first thought as I was listening to your call was, I wonder if he has Sentry disabled at home, because I do, although I'm lucky enough to be able to have my Model 3 in the garage. But then when you said that it's triggered at other times, well, that seems to suggest that it is in fact enabled at home. And as such, I'm afraid that leaves me a bit at a loss for words here. So... Uh, Because I want to try and help Kevin out, as as well as anybody else who might find themselves in a similar kind of situation, if anybody out there has a constructive suggestion that could help Kevin, and again, perhaps other listeners maybe avoid this, if this unfortunate kind of thing should happen to them, I would very much appreciate anybody calling in that thinks they can help. Two more calls this week. Here's Rob from London. Hi, Rod. It's Rob. London in the UK. I'm sat here driving
1: my 2019 Model 3 on uh, autopilot. Um, I don't have Navigate on autopilot or full self-driving, but my query is, I know whether you know, um, are all the Model 3 cars updated with the full self-driving software? Um, as in, is the way the car, or how good or how bad the car uh, drives on autopilot? Or full self driving in the UK is any kind of reflection on the improvements that uh, are being made to the beta testing program in the US? Um, Because whilst it's pretty good, um, I'm sure it's good enough for uh, really to persuade anyone to part with, you know, between £4,000, £6,000, whatever it is, for. um, Navigate an autopilot or full self-driving. Um, it seems like it's just been left. Um, With very, very little improvement. Um, yeah, so that was what I was wondering, really.
0: Hi, Rob. Thanks for your call. Sadly, I think you're right that there's been very little improvement to the basic autopilot, all of Tesla's manpower and effort have been going into making FSD beta better and progressing that along. What I certainly hope eventually happens, and quite honestly, the sooner the better because of how good it is right now on the highway, I hope that the FSD beta on the highway gets pushed out to every single car regardless of whether or not they've paid for enhanced autopilot or FSD. I mean, I suppose that involves some sort of coding challenge of knowing when to turn it off if a person hasn't paid for FSD. I mean, I suppose it would have to know to switch back to the old autopilot branch when you get off the highway, which which can be activated on city streets. But as we all know, the basic autopilot can't make turns or change lanes. I mean, perhaps FSD beta version 12, which we're all hoping to see in our cars in roughly a month or so now, if that, with a bit of refinement, maybe gets to a point where Tesla feels good enough to do just that. I mean, the reality is that the driver assistance systems in other cars have gotten better. I mean, I'm not saying that basic autopilot isn't good, but as we all know, Tesla is a safety first company, and the FSD beta branch is awesome on the highways, so hopefully it does find its way into the entire fleet, for even if just for highway-only use at some point. Finally this week, here's Jim in St. Louis with a PSA.
3: Hey, Ryan. Uh, this is Jim Perry in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm a frequent listener to your podcast. And uh, the reason I'm dialing in today is uh, there's this... Uh, From last spring, from uh, January to March, I've heard that there's a problem with the uh, Tesla tax credit. I own a Model 3. It's a 2023 performance. And uh, if Tesla does not have your SSN, your Social Security number, they won't be able to process your uh, tax credit properly. And there's a message going around on Reddit about it you can search it up by $7,500 tax credit. Tesla still hasn't asked for the SSN, and they tell you the 12 steps on how to get this resolved. Uh, And it has to be done by the 15th, it looks like. Uh, But you might look into that and uh, pass it along. Thanks.
0: Jim, I confess I have not heard of this, but I certainly believe you. And I'm happy to put the word out here via your phone call in case that information is helpful to anybody else. Although, assuming you meant January 15th, that is tomorrow as this podcast publishes. So hopefully it can help some people at least. Thank you very much for calling in and wanting to help out your fellow Tesla owners. That is all the time I've got for the Ride the Lightning Hotline this week, but keep your phone calls coming. I gave you the call-in instructions at the top of this segment. I would love to hear from you, and I will play some more phone calls on next week's podcast. But for now, it is time for the spirit of adventure and the pro tip of the week. What I've been up to, hang on right after this.
2: This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning the Tesla Unofficial Podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out.
0: So last weekend, my wife and I cleaned out our garage. Just got, we, we rented a pickup truck from U-Haul and then just piled a ton of stuff into it, took it to the garbage dump, and just, just got a bunch of crap cleaned out of our backyard and out of our garage. And I realized that that was my first time ever driving a full-size pickup truck. I've ridden in them every now and again, but I realized I'd never actually driven a big pickup truck before. And if you're curious, this one was a Chevy Silverado, pretty new. uh, Not the crew cab, just the, you know, one row of seats there. I guess you'd call it a, would it be a three passenger? Maybe the, I don't know, two or three people. Anyway, one row. And I have to say that... (laughs) Well, number one, you know, any car takes getting used to. It doesn't matter what size it is. But the, uh, you know, it was a little, a little anxiety riddled driving it through my neighborhood because, again, cars parking on both sides of the street. It's very tight, one-way streets. There's not a lot of room for maneuverability. Uh, and you've got to be right. You can't be wrong or you might hit something. And uh, I just felt like the entire front right side of this truck, I had no idea where it was, no clue whatsoever. Now on a Tesla, on a Cybertruck specifically, I'm gonna have cameras to help me out for the most part. Like it's, I'm gonna be sitting a lot prettier, uh, literally and figuratively. And as I was driving this Chevy Silverado around, I was thinking, thank goodness that all of the early reviews that I've been watching and reading of the Cybertruck and and videos I've been watching from people who have one or have driven one all say that it feels like a Tesla because I will say this if the Cybertruck felt anything like that Chevy Silverado I would run screaming in the opposite direction of the Cybertruck if it felt if it felt like that Silverado and it wasn't just the Again, you know, the lack of cameras is huge on that silver. There were no, there was a backup camera. That was it. That was the one camera on the car, which yes, was helpful. But, uh, the other part of it was you have to turn the wheel like over and over again to get the, to get the truck to do anything. Like it, it was even compared to my model three. So it made me think, well, no wonder Tesla went with steer by wire. Cause I, I guess trucks are like this. I, I was just surprised at how much turning of the wheel had to happen for, to get the same response out of the Chevy Silverado at, that I get out of my Model 3 for much less of a turn. So uh, yeah, I, I totally get <laughs> the steer-by-wire now, and that's gonna be way nicer just by itself. Forget about all the cameras. Just the steer-by-wire and having lock-to-lock lock be 170 degrees is gonna be a really, really nice part of driving that truck, I suspect. Anyway, uh, here's your entertainment recommendation for this week. This one is not suitable for the entire family, but if they're, uh, the kids are asleep, I really enjoyed Pete Davidson's new stand-up special on Netflix. I have to say, I mean, I've, I've certainly seen his work on Saturday night live, but I didn't, really know much about his stand-up? I thought he was a really funny, really good storyteller. So if that is of interest, you can check that out on Netflix. Back to Tesla stuff, here's a pro tip of the week from our friend Brian in Pennsylvania. Thanks, Brian, appreciate that.
3: Got a pro tip here for you. Completely discovered this by accident. We tried it out today and it actually does work. So we're going on a short road trip here, about two hours and we wanted to stop at a Walmart when we hit the destination. So
0: on the map, if you zoom into an area, location, whatever, and you add a stop, and you type Walmart, McDonald's, whatever it may be,
3: it will give you locations for said search
0: for the area that you are zoomed into on the map, which I think is really cool. And on a side note, We've talked and talked about the car stopping for deer in the road. We actually had the car stop for a cat. I shouldn't say stop, it slowed down for a cat that ran across the road. Thanks again and keep up the great work. First of all, Brian, I am glad to hear that autopilot stopped for a cat. That is a good thing. We want that to be the case. It would certainly be a problem if it didn't, but it's very notable that it did. Now, second, You've got a good tip here on doing searches for places that you're not in. I'm glad to see that the Tesla navigation system is smart enough to search nearby of wherever the map is set to. Thank you, as always, for your kind phone calls, Brian. I do appreciate them. And if anybody else out there has a good pro tip of the week that you'd like to share with me and Brian and your fellow Ride the Lightning listeners, please call in and share it. You can do that by calling in The same way that you call in for the regular Ride the Lightning hotline. Again, I gave you the instructions for that a little earlier in the podcast. Before I get out of here, let me mention some friends of Ride the Lightning that can hopefully be of use to you at some point in time. First up is abstractocean.com. You can get the 15% off of your first order coupon code by virtue of listening to this podcast as you're doing right now. That coupon code RTL podcast, all one word, no spaces. RTL podcast gets you a 15% discount off of your first order. They've got so many great aftermarket Tesla accessories, screen protectors, rear footwell lighting kits, drop-in cup holder stabilizer, just so many things that uh, it's just too much to list. You got to take a look, see, click on whichever Tesla you have, and it will filter just for the parts and products that they have for your car and you will find all kinds of stuff pile everything you like into that online shopping cart and use that coupon code RTL Podcast when you get to check out next the snap plate and new snap plate plus for the sexy lineup s3 x and y get yours at everyamp.com slash rtl don't forget the coupon code rtl for a nice little discount there as well a reminder that the snap plate is what I recommend if you either knee, uh, want or legally need to have a front license plate on your Tesla. This is a nice minimalist design that is safety optimized with breakaway features to sacrifice itself in a worst case scenario like a parking accident or an automated car wash. That's the regular snap plate. The snap plate plus is strength optimized with hardened features for maximum strength Both have their signature minimalist aesthetic that blends in very nicely with the Tesla front end, and both are made from recycled, made-in-the-USA plastics with stainless steel reinforcements. Again, everyamp.com slash RTL, and don't forget to use the coupon code RTL. Budgetsafesolar.com, I recommend, kindly and from experience, that you keep them on your short list of companies that you are considering if you are in fact considering solar for your home or business. They now offer home battery installation, including the Tesla Powerwall to go with your solar setup. Uh, I am again coming up on the one year anniversary of my setup, my installation, uh, which has been great. So check them out budgetsafesolar.com and if you do end up doing an installation with them please use the referral code RTL Immaculate Reflections Uh, my friend Jeff the owner and proprietor wonderful human being at Immaculate Reflections today as I'm recording this he texted me very excitedly he just bought a Model Y uh, that he is going to be picking up this weekend possibly by the time this podcast is released He'll have taken delivery of it. So he was asking me some questions. He was like, oh, I'm going to Abstract Ocean right now to get some stuff. And uh, he is super stoked. So I want to congratulate him on his Tesla purchase. He's had a million Teslas come through his shop and he's been slowly, I think he would admit this. I'm not talking out of school here. He's been slowly getting the Tesla bug to the point where he had a, uh, he's, he's getting rid of a, a uh, 2022 Chevy Bolt EUV. That was his his first foray into electric, and uh, now he needs to sell that car. So I want to do him the kindness as a as a longtime supporter of the podcast and a a good friend of mentioning that he does have a 2022 Bolt EUV Premier with the Sun and Sound package for sale. Um, if you want all the details, you can email me or reach out to him, go to irdetailing.com. And if you reach out and you want to get some detailing for your car, if it's not about buying that Chevy bolt that he's got for sale, don't forget uh, to mention that you're a ride the lightning listener. And he offers a nice little discount, whether you're doing ceramic coating, paint protection film or ceramic, or uh, pardon me, paint correction, or one or two of those, or all of those. Whatever you're doing, just make sure that you mention that you listen to Ride the Lightning, and he will give you that nice little Ride the Lightning listener discount. So, um, as you would imagine, a pretty recent car that belonged to a detailer is in really nice shape. I've seen this car, he's got a million pictures of it, he can show you as well. 21,000 miles as of now. He says the full charge is rated at 247 miles. Uh, He says the battery recall was performed on it before he purchased it. He bought it new in October of 2022. Uh, It's got PPF professionally installed by him. Uh, It's also freshly detailed and ceramic coated as of uh, this week, in fact. He says all all glass, the windshield and the moonroof as well, Tinted with 3M crystalline heat-rejecting ceramic tint, which is what I have on my windows as well. Uh, He he says he's asking $25,750 or best offer. So he is open to negotiating a little bit. So again, uh, you can reach out to me if you like, but certainly quickest and easiest to reach out to him directly, go to irdetailing.com and you can uh, contact Jeff through there if a... You know, if a, if a bolt makes sense for you, maybe, you know, maybe it works as a, as a car for your teenage kid or as a se- you know, second car in your house. If that is helpful, reach out to Jeff at immaculate reflections, pure slash RTL. That's where you want to go to get the best dash cam and sentry mode setup. It uses micro SD instead of flash memory Micro SD is gonna hold up much better. It still plugs into your car via your car's built-in USB port. So don't worry about that. It's totally compatible. It's just using a better memory storage format that's designed for the constant reading and writing that the dash cam and sentry mode do. So uh again, go to puretesla.com/slash RTL. Free shipping anywhere in the US, whether you get the $49 kit, that's the 128 gigabyte version or 69 bucks for the 256 gigabyte version. They will ship internationally, but there is a modest shipping fee to do that. Free shipping anywhere in the US, puretesla.com slash RTL. I think I gave a pretty sufficient plug of my Patreon at the top of the podcast there. But again, I would be humbled and grateful if you would take a look at my Patreon page. Maybe one of the support tiers looks good to you. Maybe you feel like, the time has come that I have earned your support from doing this podcast week in and week out. Hopefully you enjoy it. You find it informative. You find it maybe even a little entertaining as well. My Patreon page again can be found at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast, Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can subscribe to this podcast for free on any of the major podcast services All that means is when you subscribe the podcast, you are notified when there is a new episode. You don't have to remember, wait, when is Ride the Lightning out again? It's every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. But if you just subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, you don't have to think about it. That podcast service will do the thinking for you. Most of you statistically get it on Apple Podcasts, which is great because Apple Podcasts is now natively available in our Teslas. So that's awesome. It's easier to listen to Ride the Lightning in your Tesla. But I'm also on Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, as well as YouTube podcasts. If you're looking for me on YouTube, just search Ride the Lightning Tesla and you should find me pretty easily. If you need a referral code when you're buying a new Tesla uh, to get that three free months of FSD... You have to order with the referral code. So if you've got a friend, family member, coworker that's got a referral code, great, use theirs, awesome. But if you need one, you are welcome to use mine. Type this into your web browser on a desktop or on your phone, ts.la slash ryan73014. And from there, you will be prompted to choose what Tesla you're interested in buying, you will configure that car. And when you submit that order, the referral bonus will be baked into it for you. And when you take delivery, you will get that three free months of FSD. You can find me on X, the artist formerly known as Twitter, as well as Instagram, the artist still known as IG to the kids, I think. I think they call it IG. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just old. Anyway, uh, I have the same username on both X and Instagram. And that username, if you're interested in following me on either of those, is DMC underscore Ryan. And you can email me anytime, teslapodcast at gmail.com. Before I go, let me say hello and thank you to the Plaid, Maximum Plaid, and Roadster in Space tier backers. I'll start with the Roadster in Space crew this week. Thank you very much for your generous support to Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Caveto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, Carol Weston, Robert from near Philly, and Kristen Rumble. Next, the Maximum Plaid group, a big hello and thank you, goes out to Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from New York City, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisneski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Corey O'Donnell, Aaron, John Cody, Joel Sapp, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, Ken Epstein, rest in peace, my friend, Doug Carey, James Gregory, Adam Lavoy, one contactonecallcenter.com, Jason Chalukas, Travis Krenzel, Bruce Otterstein, Tom Behan, Josh Pennington, Matt Kalin, John from Cream Ridge, New Jersey, Sean Tisdale, Dustin Hart, and Michael Gallo. Finally, the Plaid-level supporters. Plaid is officially not a tier anymore, but... These kind folks are grandfathered in as they continue to generously back me at that level. So thank you very much to George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla Owners Club of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peak, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, The Lydia Family, Aaron Altshul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Ish, Not Elon Musk, Peter and the Bear Boys of Colorado. Thank you all so much at all Patreon tiers for generously and kindly backing me because it's all out of the goodness of your heart. It is a uh, free podcast and I thank you for uh, taking it upon yourself uh, and again out of the goodness of your heart to support what i'm doing here all right well i am surrounded by snoozing puppies and it's it's about my bedtime as well so we're not too far away from that so i'm going to get this thing uploaded locked and loaded the patreon backers will have immediate early access to it the rest of you of course are listening to this sunday or whenever it's convenient for you during the week thank you all so much for your time and attention each and every week here on Ride the Lightning, the weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. This was episode 441. Happy electric motoring, my friends, and I will see you next week.